Oh man, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of nice being uh, halfway off today. It, it, we're having to record a little early, but uh, it's been. It, I think this is the first Monday where I haven't had to get up at like five o'clock in the morning or earlier in six months. And yeah, and then drive somewhere, check into yeah. some hotel. Yes, exactly. I, I have to do that later this evening. <laughs> so. Yeah, actually, I mean, doing this while the kids are at school is act sort of nice because I don't worry about don't got to worry about them riling up the dog or you know, needing something or whatever. So yeah, imagine if this was like our job where this is all we had to do with our time was like write stuff and podcast about football. That'd be uh, just someday. amazing. Yeah, someday. Yeah, if any of you uh, big major media network outlet people are listening, feel free give us a shout. <laughs> But uh, anyway, that being said, for our regular listeners who don't work for major media outlets, welcome back to the South End Zone here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I'm with Eric Mulher, as per the usual. Eric, what's going on, man? Uh, how, how was your weekend? <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, you know, the, my Astros got a win, uh, fought, mm. fought back and got... Uh, got on the board in the world series. And then uh, Saturday obviously was, was chock full of some good football. Didn't do so well in the picks department, which we'll get to in a minute, but uh, you know, so far I'm having a better day than uh, I don't know, Brian Harson. <laughs> yeah, indeed you are. And uh, since we, uh, it was sort of a light week as far as results go, we are going to get into that breaking news, which is, uh, as of about an hour ago, Brian Harson is out at Auburn. He's gone. See you later. We're recording this Monday, Halloween. So <sighs> initial reactions outside of just the what we've been expecting. I mean, we, we all expected him to be gone at the latest at the end of the year. They go on the road, get thumped by Arkansas, and uh, they pull the trigger here with apparently what looks like is uh, – Eric, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Mississippi State's athletic director? Is that who yes, they're? It is. Okay. Okay. And they so, were they were expected to announce that like deal was finalized sometime this afternoon. And you know, we we'd kind of speculated that maybe that's why they hadn't pulled the trigger yet. Uh, I mean, they've lost five of six games, and the one they won was that three point overtime win against Missouri at home that was kind of handed to them somewhat. I mean, they're just they're just not a good football team. Um, but yeah. The, the day they're announcing the new AD, they also announced that that he's gone. So kind of an everybody wins situation to me. Um, you know, he, he gets his money and he's somewhat, you know, put out of his misery. And, you know, the players don't have this hanging over their heads, all the drama and rumors and speculation, the, the fan base that was never really wanted or liked him. Uh, they get someone else in there really the only loser in this situation is the boosters who are shelling out for his buyout. And I don't care that they lose in this situation because they were gigantic pieces of shit last spring when <laughs> instead of just firing the guy and giving him his money and moving on, you know, they, they went on a smear campaign to try to get out of the buyout. So I'm, you know, my only regret is that they don't have to pay him more, but yeah, we'll, we'll see who they go after. Yeah. The biggest win here is for Brian Harson in my mm -hmm. opinion. He gets yeah. out of there. He gets his money, and also it's at a you know a a positive time for him because he can either take that money and take a couple of years off and wait for a job that he feels like is a good fit for him, or he can you know take one of those open gigs that's open now, like an Arizona State or something, and he can get in there before the December er, uh, early signing period and maybe you know make a couple of impact signings there. So I think it's a big win for him. I yeah. think, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got to, he can either go, you know, try to resurrect Colorado or he can just go buy a small tropical island somewhere and disappear, like, you know, choices. Yeah. And I think his buyout is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of $16 million. I haven't seen the actual number. I think the yet. number I saw was, was 15 and change. Yeah. Yeah. And like I a lot of change, they, like yeah, 0. 0.7. I know, I know if they fired him on December 31st of this year would have been like 15 million. So yeah, should be around 16 or so 70% of his remaining contract and he mm -hmm. earns about 5 million per year. Uh, so I, I just still looking back, like I don't understand why he got a big contract extension. Like why the hell did the, I don't know. Well, did he get an extension or did he just get a big contract coming in? Uh, Well, they extended his contract after the 20, 
21 it, season or 20 season? Well, he, I mean, I he, they fired Gus after the 20 season, then they brought him in. On a six-year contract. Yeah, like a, it was a longer deal to begin with, right? Yeah. I think that's maybe the only way. I think they, after they got turned down by some other guys, they're like, hey, maybe, you know, this, <laughs> maybe. this dude's is what we're left with, and the, he's only going to come here with a favorable terms, then yeah, maybe that's what they had to do. Well, I, I don't think it's necessary to speculate on candidates here. I think the important thing to point out with this, and this is just my opinion, I think they're going to really struggle to find someone uh, like a bigger name because I think uh, unless they're willing to just break the bank and I don't know that um, John Cohen, the guy that's coming in from Mississippi state to be the athletic director. I don't know that he'll be the type of dude that can convince everyone to, we're going to throw $11 million at a coach. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Supposedly he received assurances that he would have, you know, more, autonomy and authority than previous athletic direct, which is a low bar. Indeed. Um, and so, you know, we'll see. I mean, be, maybe he gets a chance to bring in, you know, his guy and he doesn't get uh, as much, uh, you know, as many fingers in the pie uh, from the boosters as the last guy did. Cause they, you know, they didn't want Harson from the get go. No. Speaking of the, <laughs> I know there's a big Auburn booster, the biggest Auburn booster that's out there. He's uh, the uh, he's the head of uh, Yellowwood, the lumber company. He's Auburn's biggest donate. Uh, he's their biggest booster, and his guy that he wanted to hire was UAB's head coach, but you know didn't happen. All of that, and you know now that guy he's like not even coaching, and at this point, yeah, as I say, they. It's the guy with the health issues that retired, uh, yes. Clark. Yes, that's exactly right. That's who their biggest booster wanted. Oh. Um, I don't really know where he's at these days, but to me, I kind of hope like the only thing that I hope that doesn't happen is I hope that Cohen doesn't bring the pirate with him. I, I, I like Mike Leach and I don't want to see him coaching Auburn. So, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I'd prefer he just stay right where he's at, but we, I mean, we'll see. Like if I there's said, one coach that you could come up with that would be the guy that would be willing to tell the boosters, fuck you, it would be Mike Leach. Yeah, right? he's on the short list. Uh, <laughs> but like I said in the group chat, like I don't rule anything out anymore yeah. after yeah. Brian Kelly, Lincoln Riley. Uh, yeah, you really can't. No. So uh, I don't know. It will be interesting to see who they get, but uh, I don't know who their interim coach is going to be. It's kind of interesting because all those guys that were there were all Boise guys that came with him. So yeah, I don't know that I've seen a name as far as interim. Um, maybe Cadillac Williams steps up yeah. and takes over as interim. I could see that happening. I don't know. Maybe. But uh, you got to believe they're going to give Deion Sanders a call. Hugh Freeze, probably Mike Leach. I don't know. I would think they would take a shot at Kiffin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of phone calls put out, so we'll see what happens, but, uh, okay. So let's get into the picks review from week nine and Eric, I don't know about you, man, but I was feeling really, really good about myself about eh, three o'clock or so. Oh yeah. Three, three Eastern. We were riding high. Yeah. Yeah. We started off. <laughs> started off on fucking fire man so uh run me through your picks first and then i'll i'll run through mine and we're gonna do at the end of these we're just gonna kind of since we've got a lot to cover today we're just gonna kind of do a couple of big takeaways that we uh really took away from all these picks because most of these matchups there was really no big surprises out of a couple so uh take me through your picks uh your hits and misses okay so for the early slate um the gosh, I don't know, must have been was it Thursday night, Utah and Wazoo? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So I had the under 56 and a half, which hit uh TCU at West Virginia. I took TCU minus seven and a half. Uh, a little bit of a backdoor cover there. Um, you know, free play on fourth down, jump <laughs> yeah. ball. Yeah, I'll say backdoor. Fucking what 10 seconds or 14 uh, seconds yeah, left? I think I think there was 40 some left, maybe, but yeah, <laughs> so they 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 escape. Uh you got a backdoor on that, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh, I did. I had the Seminoles minus 24 and a half at home against Georgia Tech. Oh, yeah. Now that Easy was close. So, yeah. so they were <laughs> uh they were up 31 and Georgia Tech scored on the final play of the game, but since it did not impact the score, there was no extra point. So they won by 25 on my minus 24 and a half. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I did miss on Syracuse minus two and a half at home against Notre Dame, and that under did not hit either because they gave up a ton of points. Uh, oh, yeah. 47 and a half, they went way over. 41-24 final. The Domers <laughs> win. Yeah. Uh, we both had Oklahoma minus one and a half at Iowa State. That hit. They won by two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. And another, oh, God, this was this was a <laughs> crime against humanity. Uh, we, another one we both hit was Miami at Virginia, under 48 and a half. God, that was the easiest money of the weekend, was it they, not? These two teams could have been playing until tomorrow, and they would have not <laughs> have hit the over. So uh, Miami wins 14 to 12 in four overtimes, set modern <sighs> football back 30 years. <sighs> uh, we both had Arkansas minus three and a half. That hit, they won by two touchdowns as well. And I did miss the under 62 and a half. And to round out the early slate, uh, we both missed on our picks for Ohio State, Penn State. I had uh, Ohio State minus 14 and a half. They win by 13. Penn State gets a, a, a touchdown near the end, kind of screwy. Uh, and they also, well, I, your over was already, or under 60 and a half was already burned by that mm-hmm. point. But, uh, yeah, little a little more offense in that game than either of us expected. I think. Yeah, I would agree there. I, I did not expect Penn State to put up that amount of points. I, I talked about it in the podcast where I, I, uh, I said I kind of would take Penn State in the points there, but I just could not pull the trigger on it. And looking back, I should have, you know, and I, I should have taken that instead of the under. Yeah. So I, you know, we. Got off to a good start, and then really things spiraled out of control. Uh, oh, man. Don't tell me. So Illinois covered for me. Uh, they won handily at Nebraska. They are well on their way to the Big Ten title game. <laughs> yeah, the Beal of Mus is uh, on the inside track coming around corner three. Uh, turn three, I think, is the the parlance of. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, Old Miss covered one and a half uh, at A&M although they did not come in under 54 and a half. So we both missed that. Yeah. Uh, I had Michigan minus 22 and a half. They Ooh, go that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a tough break. We both did actually. Uh, yeah. We both out. had that one. They, they won by 22. One by 22. <laughs> <sighs> um, this one. I'm that, just that game pissed me off, man. Cause Harbaugh should have put them dudes away way earlier than he, he did. He like, should have. But then on the flip side, it's like, man, you're up 22 points and you're running a double reverse pass. um, You know, (laughs) and then you're mystified. The guys are pissed off in the single tunnel. Um, Yeah. Weird. But, you know, Harbaugh, what are you going to do? I had Kentucky, Tennessee over 60. Was that 61 and a half? 61 Uh, and a half. Yep. I had the under. Did not come close. No. I had the I had the Bulldogs, another 22 and a half point favorite that I picked to cover. One by twenty-two. Yeah, and, not great. <laughs> uh, last one. Let me see on this page. Anyways, uh, I, my worst pick of the week: uh, Oklahoma State plus one and a half. Good God! What in God's name happened? Uh, what happened in this game? I have no idea. I mean, good. By the time I got a chance to flip over to it, it like T, uh, not TCU, K State is up fourteen nothing, and they have the ball and they're driving, and it's halfway through the first quarter. I'm like, um, guys, like, <laughs> uh, I've never have, seen anything like that. I, I haven't seen Oklahoma State take a beating like that under Gundy in ever. I think that's his worst loss. Is it his worst I, ever? I, I, I believe I read so like either. His worst loss ever, or you know, since like year one or two, um, they were. I don't even have it was, like they haven't invented the words to describe yeah, how much of a murder scene that was. Utter beatdown, blowout. Spencer Sanders only throws for a buck fifty, gets hurt. Backup comes in. They throw two picks. Yeah, I and just, and cannot stop them. Uh, no, no. I mean, so uh, Will somehow, Howard, their yes. backup, he threw for 304 touchdowns. Yeah, Just, so somehow in a game where K-State scored 48 points against a team who averages 43 a game coming in, <laughs> over 55 and a half still did not hit. Um, no. <laughs> unreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wake at Louisville, I was on over 63 and a half. That hit. <sighs> God, we'll we'll talk more about that in a few yeah. minutes. I think. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to that one. <laughs> UCLA covered for me at minus sixteen and a half. They uh they beat Cal or I'm sorry Stanford by twenty four twenty five. 
Yeah. And then, and then we rapid fired uh, some over unders that I was uh, one and two on. So mm. I missed Arizona State at Colorado under 46 and a half by a lot. Yeah, I took, yeah, I took that one as well. Yeah, we actually agreed on all three of these. Um, mm-hmm. We were on over 62 and a half for Baylor at Texas Tech that yeah. just missed 45 yeah. 17 final. Yeah, Texas Tech got a they had a slow start in that game, man. They had I mean they didn't I don't think they got into the double digits until the third quarter. So. Yeah, well they had they had a slow everything that game. Um yeah. And then Pitt and UNC came through for us with uh three touchdowns in about the last nine minutes of the game. So yeah. over sixty-five and a half is a green check mark. Yeah. So on the weekend, um I I think you win what 11 and 13 or oh, something yeah i got myself at 11 and 13 so oh, man well aside from the afternoon slate wasn't so bad yeah it was it was a steep downhill like i just got destroyed on the 330 slot yeah i did too i went uh i believe let's see here one two three four five six seven eight nine i went one and eight between the hours of three and six p.m not great all right, so I'm going to run through mine real quick. I'll breeze through mine. Uh, I took Arkansas at uh, minus three and a half. That hit. Obviously, they thumped Auburn. OSU Penn State under 60 and a half. Missed it. We talked about that. Utah minus seven on Thursday night. Now, had I known that Cam Rising and Tavion Thomas and their starting tight end was not going to play, I probably wouldn't have taken them at minus seven. Uh, yeah. But if it was known of, that they weren't going to play, it wouldn't have been correct. minus seven either. So that, yeah, that's I'm, exactly I would right. be willing to give you an asterisk for that one and, and just say, hey, you know, yeah, what are you going to do? Well, I think a lot of people got hosed there because, you know, the, it was a game time announcement. So, yeah, just I, I know a lot of people. I talked to several people that were on Utah there and were just like, what the fuck? So, uh, yeah, TCU, West Virginia, over 68 and a half. That hit. Now, this one, Notre Dame, I was on the money line there at plus 114. I kind of uh, said that I thought the wrong team was favored, and that proved to be true, man. Notre Dame just manhandled Syracuse. Just they could not stop them. So two in a row there for Syracuse. They were undefeated. Now they dropped two straight, and I I mean, they've got a tough road ahead. So we know they're bowl eligible, but uh, – I. Looks like a Capital One bowl bid for them or something later. <laughs> so uh, let's see. And then, yeah, we were both on OU at one minus one and a half. That hit and the Miami, Virginia under. Uh, this one I missed on Georgia, Florida under 56 and a half. I did not expect all those points to be scored, man. I mean, Georgia did whatever they wanted in this game. And then they kind of took their foot off the gas and then kind of let Florida climb back into it. And then they were like, okay, well, now we got to put them away and ripped off two touchdowns, blew the over with like nine minutes left in the game. So not great. Uh, Oklahoma, Kansas State over. Missed on that. We talked about this. Now, Wake Forest, minus three and a half. Mm -hmm. We sucked. What happened? They gave up eight sacks and turned the ball over eight fucking times against Louisville's trash-ass defense. Well, I mean, I, you, you just you, you just answer your own question. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> how do you let this happen? I don't understand how this happened. I mean, I've never seen a box score like this. It is absolutely mind-blowing. Hartman goes for 271 and three picks, gets uh, benched. I mean, and two of those picks, mind you, went for six. Uh-huh. He threw two pick sixes in this game. <sighs> so... It, over the course of the season, you see every team have, you know, kind of a not really a turd game, but one where they're just really not firing on, you know, Georgia goes to Missouri and, and struggles for about three and a half quarters, uh, finally pulls away uh, Alabama, you know, at Texas or Tennessee, you know, have all the penalties and don't, you know, don't cover well. Uh, you know, Ohio State gets taken to the wire with, you know, Notre Dame and Penn State. Penn State led for, good chunk of that game and you know this was wake forest's game the difference is those other teams are are good and talented enough to overcome that and now they don't necessarily turn the ball over eight times either but 
you know, when it's, when it's not going their way, they're able to kind of like, you know, redirect and okay, well, let's, let's reset and then just go out, get a good series and then another good series. And really for wake, it just, it looked like it kind of snowballed on them where it's like, uh, Hey, we, we yeah. you know, throw a pick six and right, we'll fumble. Now we're down three touchdowns. We got to get maybe even a little more aggressive than normal or more aggressive than they want. And then it kind of like in the replacements, uh, the Keanu Reeves movie where he's talking about quicksand where, yeah, one thing happens that goes bad and then another, and then another, yeah. and then another. And that's exactly what happened. They went into halftime leading the game 14 to 13 and they came out and immediately threw a pick six and Louisville rips off 35 points in the third quarter alone. Wake Forest has six turnovers alone in the third quarter. They, uh, I, I believe they were the first team in almost 20 years to do that, where they had six turnovers in one quarter, and then they turned it over again two more times in the fourth quarter. God. And eight turnovers in one half of football and 35 points given up in one quarter. I've never seen anything like that. That just complete and utter meltdown by Wake Forest there. So they were number 10. Now they fall to six and two. And I mean, it, at this point now, it's absolutely Clemson's division. And mm-hmm. I, I don't see any way that someone other than them ends up in the ACC title game, probably against North Carolina, but we'll see. Uh, and then let's see, what else? Where was I? Wake. Okay. And then uh, I missed on Mizzou and South Carolina over 45 and a half. <sighs> I just, I expected a little bit more points there. South Carolina looked like they were lost for most of the game. And Spencer Rattler even talked about it, how his guys just kind of didn't really know what to do in a lot of situations where I look at that and I think they're just not very talented. He And he can't go up there and say, well, we suck. But I think that's just where we're at here. Uh, Mississippi and A&M under 54 and a half. We talked about that. And the Michigan uh, minus 22 and a half. Missed that. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. Over 54 and a half. I missed that one. I thought Michigan would put up a 50 burger on them and they just kind of lulled through the game and, you know, let them hang around much longer than they should have, but ultimately finished with a three touchdown victory. But I did miss that over. Uh, I took Stoops plus the points at 11 and a half. I thought they would be able to slow Tennessee down enough for most of the game, but they just, I, I'm not sure anybody can slow them down. <laughs> I just, I'm not sure they can. Now I did hit on that under, I hit under 61 and a half there. So, you know, thankfully Kentucky didn't really score a whole lot of points. So, you know, I I did manage to get at least one hit out of that game. And then we talked about the three rapid fires that we all went one and two on. And so on the week, I believe I'm what, nine and 12. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, nine and 12. So we are back in the red column after two weeks in the plus column. So <sighs> interesting, but uh, you know, I, I, there are just some inexplicable results this week, like the wake result, the, mm-hmm. the Oklahoma state result. I mean, it just, what the hell? So I don't know, man, I, I feel like maybe there'll be a little bit more, <laughs> you know, sense that could be made out of some of the matchups this week, but we shall see. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So do you have any major takeaways from week nine? Um, Cause I only have one. I think, well, let me look at these games. So we talked about Oklahoma state at K state. Uh, mm-hmm. So preseason, we all, and, and I'm pretty sure Timmy took the over too. We all thought K state was, kind of a, I don't know, dark horse is maybe an overused term, but kind of like a, a little bit of a sleeper as far as being a big 12 contender. And oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think, I think the world's woken up to them now. Um, my big takeaway from the week actually was watching parts of the old Miss and A&M game. So I know A&M is three and five and I, you know, there's a decent chance they don't even make a bowl game. Um, I don't see them winning three out of their last four. No. So if, you, if you're just willing to put a bow on this year and just play out the string and say, let's worry about next season, I think one good thing that happened for AM, despite losing at home to a, a conference opponent, is they might have found something at quarterback. Because uh, that, that kid played really well. And 
Indeed. You know, if, if you're a, an AM fan, yeah, if you're an AM fan searching for any little speck of optimism, I, th- I think they're going to latch on to that. He looked really good uh, as advertised, basically, because he was, he was a five star guy. He was a number one or number two quarterback in the class, depending on which service you look at. And he looked apart. Indeed, he did. So I don't know, man. That, that that will be interesting going forward to see if they can actually get bowl eligible, but uh, it doesn't matter. Anything they do from here on out is going to be seen as an underachievement for Jimbo. Um, my major takeaway for this week, uh, you know, we kind of – I do want to echo that on uh, K-State where, you know, they, they – I mean, they're undefeated in the Big 12, you know, outside of – well, let's see. What's no, the they lost They, they lost, lost TCU, to right? TCU, yeah. Okay, so – they there very well could be a rematch there. Yeah, TCU Big Twelve doesn't have divisions, they, so no. they're still. I think they have probably the second shortest odds for yeah Big Twelve championship. So yeah, I think they control their own destiny as far as getting a rematch. Indeed, and Oklahoma State, man, I just I, I don't even know what the hell to make of that, but we'll see. And then the other major takeaway I had was Tennessee. I am a I don't really think there's anything else they need to show me to for me to say that they are one of the best, in my opinion, three teams in the country right now. I, I don't – I think you could argue whether they're better than Bama or not. I mean, they beat them at home. Would be interesting to see at a neutral side or on the road how that game would go. But they have the best strength of record, in my opinion, and they've beaten the most ranked teams. And I just nobody's been able to stop him yet. So we'll see what they do this week against Georgia. But I, I mean, I just I'm not sure Georgia can even stop them. Like their offense is just so stupid good. Like I, I don't know, man. I think they may end up being the number one team in the country when it's all said and done. I just I I have my doubts that even Georgia can stop them. So yeah, I I think they got a, as good a chance as anyone. Yeah. And real quick, we're not going to really talk about playoff rankings because they do come out tomorrow, but would it shock you if Tennessee was number one? Uh, I would be more surprised if they're not. Yeah, honest. yeah. I'm a, I'm of the opinion that they probably should be ranked number one based on what they've done. Yeah, so. I mean, I think if I were to write, you know, we so we talked about doing kind of our own version and really it, it's, we elected Yeah, we've got a two. couple of. Yeah, we're we're doing good on time. We've actually got a couple of minutes here. We yeah, talk so just to explain these. to the listeners, because we did close the show last week saying that we were going to do this. And I think we kind of backed off because it's a, it feels a little premature because mm-hmm. I think both of us, if we ran out of top four, we would both include Georgia and Tennessee in that. And they're going to play this week, right? So it'll sort itself out. Uh, Ohio State and Michigan are another team that I think everyone's going to have in the top, at least the top five or six. Yeah, they're they're going to play. Um, so, I think yeah. ne- this coming weekend obviously will provide a lot of clarity. But if I was, I think I would have Tennessee one, based on what they've done so far. If as would I, I mean, gun gun yeah. to my head, hey, give me who's your best four? I think I would go something like Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, and then pick one between Michigan, Clemson, and Alabama. Yeah, I I, I would lean. Tennessee won at the moment, just what they've done up to this point. To be clear, it would not shock me if Georgia beats them because I I said at the beginning of the year, I think Georgia is still the best team in the country. And I still stand by that until proven otherwise. I just have my doubts as to whether they can stop Tennessee. I still think Georgia will be able to score enough points to hang with them, but I think it'll look similar to the Alabama-Tennessee game, you know, where it's – <laughs> just could be really close. So, yeah, I think it'll hinge on one or two plays. Right, I agree. And so it, I would still, based on what's happened to this point, give Tennessee the nod at one. Now, that'll change once they play this weekend, But and I would have Georgia two. And then at three, I would probably – it's a tough call between Ohio State and Michigan. It really is. But mm-hmm. I think – Given the, if I could, if I look at common opponents here, I look at Penn State the way Michigan just rolled them and just right. destroyed them, and then I look at the way Ohio State went on the road and played them and struggled with them for 
three and a half quarters until they just ran away with it in the final five, eight minutes of the game. Right. And I, I would probably give the nod to Michigan there. I think they're a little bit better defensively than Ohio right. State. But then you look at the other common opponent, Michigan State, and how and, you know those games were kind of an opposite. So it becomes right. a tough call. Correct. And it, I mean, Michigan State probably a little bit better tailored to deal with a run-heavy team than a pass-happy offense, given their secondary is so mm-hmm. bad. So I kind of. I don't know, Michigan State. I just, God, they suck. Can't believe I took the over on them. So it, yeah. TCU well, I mean, and Clemson are the what makes it interesting to me because t- Clemson, in my opinion, will go undefeated. I don't think anybody can beat them in their no. conference. No, I think I once think they I, got past Syracuse, I think it was kind of a done deal. Yeah, and so it would not shock me to see them go undefeated and make it in. And so I think this is going to be one of those years, man, where if you are going to have an expanded playoff, this would be the year to have it because mm-hmm. in previous years, you know, the past several, it's been pretty clear cut who the best four teams are. And this year, I'm not sure it's going to be all yeah. that clear cut, man, because you could have a couple of 11 and one teams get left out at, yeah. like a Michigan or, or an Ohio state or a Tennessee or a Georgia, st- something like that. Yeah. Or at a minimum, the last handful of years, you, you've known who, the three clearly best teams were, and then yeah. for the fourth spot, it's either one of these two or three teams, but it really, it also kind of doesn't matter because they're going to go get slaughtered in the semifinal anyway, right? They're yeah. going to go lose by 17, but. And all know. of them to this point still control their own destiny. All these teams we're talking about, including Alabama, TCU, uh, Clemson, Tennessee, yeah. Georgia, yeah, Ohio even, State, Michigan. Even Oregon and USC. Oregon, I, I still am questionable because they just got destroyed in week one by Georgia. So yeah. to me, if you had, if you, I think that would only sway my opinion if I'm deciding between them and Georgia, though. Like, well, if you've got eleven and one, if you've got eleven and one Tennessee, who lost by say a touchdown on the road to Georgia, mm-hmm. and you've and, got twelve and one Pac Pac twelve champ Oregon who lost to Georgia by 45. Right. Who are you going to put in? Yeah. Who are you going to put in? I would lean Tennessee, given they've got to win over the number one team at the time. I I might too. But the committee also weighs conference championship as well. And, you know, playing that extra game, um, you know, because by that point to do that, they would have wins over, you know, uh, USC, UCLA, Utah. So I don't know. Thankfully, a lot of this stuff is going to sort itself out on the field and not a conference room, right? Uh, which I'm thankful for. So, and that'll yeah. start this week. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, it, it's going to be interesting to see, but uh, all right. So I'm going to take a quick second before we move on to week 10 here and take um, just a minute to talk about our sponsor, which is DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, Eric, we're mm-hmm. big NFL guys. Aside from this, we don't really talk about it on this podcast, but uh, you know, we, which maybe we should. But uh, so, imagine your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. You're not getting the ball back. Stakes are high. Playoffs on the line. He kicks it. It goes bouncing up in the air. Oh my God! Who's got the ball? <sighs> It's not your team. Yeah. <laughs> so that would, That's that, usually how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be my luck. But you can make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Now, uh, right this minute, you can uh, make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. All right, now, Eric, a matchup this week that I kind of like is I'm really interested to see my uh, sort of default team that I've taken over since I abandoned Atlanta, Mm -hmm. which is uh, Tennessee, because they are the closest NFL team to me. They're a couple hours away. So they are on the road at the Chiefs this weekend, and (sighs) (laughs) you think they can hang with uh, Kansas City, or you think it's going to be a blowout? Oh, well, they're they're catching ten and a half. Yeah, and so the problem with Tennessee is uh, they cannot throw the ball. Um, no, 
So if, if you think Derrick Henry can put up another 200-yard game and they can control the clock and keep Kansas City's offense off the field, then, then maybe you look at that. But I don't know that that's the case. So, boy, it's tough. And I don't like the total either. So I would probably, if I had to bet that game, I would just assume that they're not going to be able to keep Kansas City down and I would lay the 10 and a half. Yeah, I'm of the same opinion. I think the only way they maintain that game within – 11 points would be to, like you say, just run the ball every play, <laughs> just yeah. run the clock. I don't see it. I don't. Yeah, think I mean, they would need to, uh, yeah, for, for them to win, uh, to me, they would need to have like a 37 to 22 advantage in time of possession. Like, Yeah, I would and, have to agree. <sighs> but we'll see. Hopefully they don't get thumped too bad. But if they do, hey, that's okay, because Mahomes is my fantasy team quarterback. So win, at least – uh, yeah, it could be a win-win there. Uh, now, to make things even sweeter, you could throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Now, to do all this, you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN. To get $200 in free bets if your team wins, just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using the promo code TPPN. Uh, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply there, so check out our show notes uh, for the details. Whew. All right, Eric. Now off from the NFL onto week 10 in college yep. football. So <laughs> we're, we're going to, uh, we're going to rapid fire some of these and some of them we're just going to, you know, take a couple of minutes to talk about here. Yeah. Our so, listeners can probably guess which ones we'll just gloss over and which ones we'll dive into. Correct. So I'm going to start us off uh, on the Thursday night delight here, which is app state at Coastal Carolina, and App State is laying two and a half, and the total is 61 and a half. I'm just going to take the over. <laughs> uh, well, the over is always a good bet uh, with Coastal at home yes. because defensively, they're not very good. No. But also, um, if you're going to give me almost a full field goal for Coastal at home, uh, you know, in a, in a game that means something in conference, because I. They win this one. I think they have a pretty clear path to conference championship game. So, you know, and they still only have the one loss. So the New Year's six spot isn't out of it for them either. So give me Coastal plus the points. Mm, I like it. Well, all right. So you are on Coastal and the points. I'm going to take the over 61 and a half. All right. So let's move on to the Friday night delight. I don't know what time this kickoff is. I'm assuming it's going to be late as shit, but I could be wrong there. Uh, Oregon State, reeling a little bit there on the road at Washington. Washington's laying four and a half at home here. Total is 60 and a half. Am I crazy to take the over again here? I, I don't think so. That's, that's what I would take. Um, it, it's 1030 on Friday night, so yeah, pack, yeah, pack 12 after dark. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, Washington at home, They're defensively, they're not very good. Uh, Oregon State's pretty good defensively, not great. I just – I still – I like each team to get 30 plus. So yeah, over. Yeah, I agree. And as far as who wins, I would, man, I don't know that I would lay the points with Washington here. I would like them by at least a field goal at home, but four and a half, I think it's a pretty good number if I'm being honest. Yeah. Wouldn't shock me for it to be that close. Um, Cause I think Oregon second, you know, give them some problems with their secondary. Uh, All right. Now, a team that we missed on last week with a total here, Texas Tech is on the road at TCU. TCU's mm-hmm. getting nine and a half at home here, total 70 and a half. I mean, I thought maybe they would go over, but I I just don't know, man. I feel like TCU could score 50 here by themselves. So right. I, 70 and a half is a bit high for me. I'm just going to go ahead and lay the points there with TCU. I, I think they beat Texas Tech by 10. Uh, see, I kind of was leaning the same way, but TCU also has gone over uh, six out of eight games, and you know Texas Tech has gone over five out of eight. But boy, that's a that's a big number. And after some of my old Miss uh, misadventures <laughs> last season, I anything starting with the seven, uh, I think I'll just lay the nine and a half. Uh, yeah, frogs at home. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a two touchdown game. And uh, 
you know, the way Max Duggan's playing, if he stays healthy, I like uh, TCU big here, um, especially after that loss to Baylor. So I feel like they're, you know, it's kind of uh, maybe time to mail it in a little bit. So TCU, they're trying to get to the playoffs. So I, I like uh, TCU big in this game. Huh. Speaking of uh, Big 12 teams, this one, man, I have, hmm, I don't know about this line, and this one's really interesting to me. Texas is a three-point favorite on the road at K-State. K-State yeah. coming off that just blowout. It, this has got hangover game written all over it for K-State, but it's at home. Total yeah. six four and a half. Where are you at on it? I guess I don't. I feel like the wrong team's favored again. I just, <laughs> you know, K State still has. I, I get that they are coming off of a, a huge win, but they still have everything in front of them, right? They still have, you know, good goals to play for. They they still have a track to the title game. So, you know, for me to believe that Chris Kleiman is not going to have these guys ready to play and resting on their own laurels is a bit of a stretch. So, give me K State and the points at home. Mm, man, I don't know. I feel like this has, like I say, hangover written all over it. I think Sark will have some stuff dialed up for him. I would lean more towards this game going over 54 and a half. Anytime I see a big 12 game that's at 54, that that is just, that is enticing. I, mm, I don't know. I, Quinn Ewers has not been great on the road and K-State, does have a pretty good defense, uh, you know, as far as the Big mm-hmm. 12 goes. I, I can't lay the points with Texas, though. I just I feel better about the total. I would just take the over 54 and a half and run because I, I don't know what's going to happen in this game. It wouldn't shock me to see K-State beat them by 10 or to lose by 10. So I I don't know. So give me the over 54 and a half, and you're on the points there with K-State. Yep. Uh, oh, baby. Another service academy under Army at Air Force. Air Force is laying six and a half here, and the total is 39 and a half. And we all know, take the under. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason I like, I know that I put the, the point spread in the, mm-hmm. the script. No one cares about that. It's just what nope. is the total? What, you know, what am I betting under on? And yep. we, are, we are betting under 39 and a half. Correct. Yeah. I like that. And this is one of those, I mean, Army's defense is not great, so it wouldn't shock me if this went over, but it's just a pure statistical play. If this yeah. is your first time listening to the show, uh, Service Academy unders, anytime that Army, Navy, or Navy, Air Force, or you know, Air Force and Army play, it always goes under. It hits 80% of the time over the last 15 years. So you just, you have to bet it and go with it. And if it goes over, then okay, fine. That's one out of 10 bet at the next nine years, it's going to hit nine times. So it's just, you you can't, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Point spread doesn't matter. Just give me the total under 39 and a half. Florida at Texas A&M jumping to the sec here for a second. I, is this another one of those situations where the wrong team is favored because it, they are at home, but well, that doesn't really seem to matter. <laughs> I just it, it don't re- think really, they're very good. Well, I don't know that either team is very good. I think they both have they're they're both kind of going through a rough stretch, and um, more so than Florida. But you know, Florida's coming off a, a tough loss. Uh, one of their better defensive players got uh, dismissed from the team this morning. Or earlier this afternoon, I guess. You know, it's just I think it's just Billy Napier trying to make the program his program and maybe a little bit of weeding out. I think I think I would just take the over because I don't I, I think AM has gotten they're they're starting to look a little better on offense. I don't think Florida's defense is very good, but offensively they are capable of making some big plays. So I, I think I would be on the over here. I don't know what to make of this game. Florida is an anomaly. They've played really good and they've played really bad. I think it's an advantage for Florida coming off playing Georgia and that defense moving over to playing Texas A&M and that defense. And the same goes with their offense. You know, Georgia's offense, I mean, good God, try to guard Brock Bowers. (laughs) You can't do it, you know? And now, 
Uh, yeah, and now they're having to face Texas A&M's trash-ass offense. So, I don't know, man. I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole either direction. If you just put a gun to my head, I would take over 54-and-a-half. But I I don't feel great about that either. I mean, honestly, I'm just – I don't – I don't want to put down anything for this game. It's not one I would bet on. So we'll see what happens. But all right, jumping back to the Big 12 for just a second. Baylor on the road at Oklahoma. Baylor coming off that win over Texas Tech and Oklahoma coming off a win over Iowa State on the road. Oklahoma's laying three and a half at home here. Total's 57 and a half. Where are you at? I still am not convinced that Oklahoma has fixed anything on defense. So uh, give me Baylor in the points. Yeah, if you're going to give me more than a field goal, I'm with you. I'll take Baylor in the three and a half. I don't necessarily – I wouldn't take Baylor on the money line here. I think Oklahoma, given they're at home, <laughs> I think they've only lost like three home games in the last six years. So I wouldn't take Baylor to beat them. But if you're going to give me more than a field goal, I'm with you. I'll take Baylor in those points. As far as the total goes – I would say over 57 and a half. I think they both probably score a lot of points here. Wouldn't shock me if both of them got into the 30s. So. Yeah. And then for, for any listeners interested in this game who agree that three and a half is a much better number than three, just understand this opened at four and a half and has come down. So yeah, act. Yeah, agree. All right. Uh, let's jump to the ACC here. A couple of teams coming off losses. Syracuse. Is at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is minus three and a half. The total is 50 and a half. Low total, but I still kind of like it. Um, I just, Syracuse offense is so, so run heavy. Uh, Pitt's offense is not great. Two decent defenses. Uh, Syracuse may be reeling a little bit. So I'm not, I'm a little indifferent on the spread itself, um, even though it is three and a half and you're not talking, you know, you're getting that extra half point if you want it with Syracuse, but I would just take the under 50 and a half. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm of the same mindset here. I don't, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't love the spread at more than three. If it were to drop down to two and a half, I'd be all over Pittsburgh here, but I mean, it wouldn't shock me to see Syracuse go on the road and win here. It's not in the friendly confines of the dome, but that stadium is not a, a very hostile place to play. It just, I don't know, man. Syracuse's defense, I don't know what to make of them. They've played a couple of really tough games here. So, yeah, they, they, defensively, they looked great against Clemson and they looked yeah. super average, extra medium, run of the mill, mediocre uh, against Notre Dame. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm banking on a rebound game with this. Yeah. Under. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. So I would agree there, under 50 and a half, and I wouldn't touch the spread. All right, so let's get to one of the games of the week here, Tennessee at Georgia. Uh, now, Georgia is laying eight and a half at the moment. Mm -hmm. It opened at 12 and a half. It's all the way down to eight and a half. Total 64 and a half. Where are you at on the Vols and the Bulldogs? Uh, I'm on the over. Mm, over 64 and a half. Yeah. I, I, I kind of, I look at Tennessee and I kind of feel like I felt about wake forest last year where I think they can put 35 up on basically anybody. Yeah. Um, and against Georgia, I think they can give up 30 plus as well. And I don't, I, I want to stay away from the spread because really I think the winner of this game, it's going to come down to the turnover battle. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can say that about most games, but I think it matters more in this game than most others. Like if, if either team loses the, the turnover battle to nothing, they have no chance to win. Mm. None. <laughs> um, you know, Georgia, Georgia comes out and, you know, they throw a tip ball pick and fumble. Uh, they're not going to win the football game. They just aren't. Mm. So, you know, and the same thing for Tennessee, um, I just I think Georgia's defense is good enough to slow them down and give their offense a chance. But I don't I'm not you know to me All right, so picking, I'm gonna ask picking you the winner I'm gonna depends ask you on who I think is, you know, predicting things you can't predict like turnovers. So I'll just yeah. take it over. Okay. I'm gonna ask you a question. If you didn't know what the line was, what would you set the line yourself at? 
probably something probably seven and a half seven and a half six and a half seven and a half seven like a touchdown because they're at home yeah because that's if this if this game was on a neutral site i feel like the line would be three points or two and a half yeah i think you'd be looking at something in the three and a half four and a half range yeah and so i i don't I don't want to downplay George's home field advantage here. Eight and a half. I mean, you're talking a touchdown on a field goal. It's it's burned me all year betting against Tennessee, but I'm going to continue to do it. I, I'm going to take the Bulldogs and the points here at eight and a half. I wouldn't shock me to see Georgia come out there and remind everybody why they're the best team in right. the country. Oh, by the way, just, we're, yeah, we didn't <laughs> just vanish. Yeah. Oh, by the way, all this hype means nothing and you actually have to go out on the field and beat us. So if this game was at Tennessee and you told me the line was anything more than a field goal, I would be all over Tennessee. But given that it's at Georgia, the place is going to be absolutely ballistic. Mm -hmm. It's a two 30 kickoff. It's just going to be nuts. So give me, or I say two 30, two 30, my time. So Give me the Bulldogs and the points here at eight and a half. I, I just I feel more comfortable betting on if I feel like if anybody, if there's anyone out there that can stop Tennessee's offense, it's Georgia. And that's it. Like they are the only team out there, in my opinion, that has a chance to slow them down at this point. I don't think anybody else can do it. Yeah, I probably between the athletic, you know, uh, athleticism they have defensively, and then now, you know, now they have a, a good coaching staff with yeah eight games worth of tape on, Hey, what are teams doing that doesn't work? What are teams doing that kind of, you know, what did Pitt do to, to keep them at, you know, 34 points or whatever. Uh, yeah. Cause I think if they can hold Tennessee to 35 or less, they win the football game. Yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, I mean, it wouldn't shock me to see this come out to like a 31 to 41 type game. I mean, I, I do think Georgia is going to be able to put up some points on them. I don't think Tennessee has got anyone who can cover Brock Bowers. <laughs> Just, I don't know if anybody's got people who can cover that dude. He's just next level fucking good. And you can't downplay like Darnell Washington, like that dude to be throwing the ball. He's just, he's a fucking just giant. Uh, Yeah. Enjoy trying to tackle him. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, you know, (laughs) yeah, you you can, you can take Brock Bowers out of the game somewhat if you're willing to, you know, cover him with a slot corner and bracket him. Or, or with a linebacker and bracket them with the safety. But now you got two guys dedicated to the tight end. They have too many other ways to, you know, great. Now we, now we put them over and then we run off tackle to the opposite side. And well, that's what I was going to say. We have the numbers. You, you kind of saw, you kind of saw Florida try to do it a little bit. You know, when, when Bowers is eating them up, they start double covering him. And what do they do? They run away from him with an off tackle, just right down Florida's throat and gain nine, 10 yards. Yeah. A, it's just, oh, okay. You're going to double the tight end. Cool. Here's a counter trap. Boom. Yeah. Time. I mean, I, I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Georgia averaged eight and a half yards of carry in that game. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me, man. They got some, they got some walking muscles. Uh, yeah. Toting so. the rock back there. Yeah, they do. And they've got, you know, three backs that can all hurt you in different ways. And it's just, man, I I think if there's a team that's tailor-made to slow down and and George is one of those teams that can play ball control because that's the difference in them and a team like Alabama to me is Alabama is not built to control the clock and Bill O'Brien doesn't try to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, Monken, he he likes to take the rock and put together a nine, ten minute drive and punch it in. You know, he's fine with that. Yeah. So I'll flat and if you're gonna give me six yards, I'll take six yards. You know, sometimes yeah. they do a very good job of just taking what the defense gives them and yeah. kind of picking their spots as far as you know, telling the defense, here's what you're gonna take. Um, they don't it kind of felt like Alabama got sucked into playing Tennessee's game a little too much, right? Yeah. Like we talked about uh you know, Iowa drags you down to their level and they make you play their brand of football and they're just better at it than you. That's kind of felt like that's what Tennessee did to Alabama somewhat. Part of that is the early lead, right? And you sort of force them to. Yeah. So I don't know. Should be interesting, man. And I, sadly enough, all these games that we're talking about, I will not see one snap of football this weekend at all because I have military stuff that I have to go do. 
And so I will have to catch highlights and rewatches and YouTube will be my best friend on Sunday. So, all right, moving on from Tennessee, Georgia, uh, we're going to touch on, I'm going to change up the order here a little bit and touch on a couple of the smaller matchups before we get to the last two good ones here. Liberty at Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas is laying 14 and a half here. Hugh Freeze going on the road to Arky. Total 64 and a half. Where are you at on this? I think I would take the points. Um, I know Liberty is, is on the road. SEC, that's going to be a little more of a raucous environment than they're maybe used to uh, playing some of the smaller schools as an independent. But Arkansas's secondary, man, is just in rough shape. And, it is. And I think Hugh Freeze is going to, you know, if you're looking for a coach who can take advantage of that and find spots to beat you down the field, Hugh Freeze is on the list. And Indeed. so I think Arkansas is able to run the ball and score, you know, effectively enough to score and, and win the game. But I think Liberty keeps it closer than 14 and a half. See, I'm on the other side of it. I think this is a little bit of a smoke screen. I think Liberty will be able to keep it close for a quarter and a half, or excuse me, two and a half quarters, maybe. I could see late in the third, early in the fourth, Arkansas, Arkansas begin to pull away in this game and just manhandle and run over them with their big offensive line that they have. That's how I kind of see them play in this. And like you say, if Liberty can get lucky and hit some big plays in the first half and get up or be right there tied or within a field goal of them, then maybe not. But if Arkansas is up a touchdown at the half and I, I just really like them to pull away here and win by, you know, 17 or 21 at the end of the game here, as far as the total goes, I would probably lean under here, if I'm being honest. I think Arkansas will have enough defense to slow Liberty down and not let them just sling it all over the field. And I think Liberty's defense is okay. You know, I think they they don't typically give up a ton of points, so I just see this going under 64 and a half. I kind of like a 35 to 14 or 17 kind of game here. I don't know. So... Give me the under 64 and a half, and I'm going to take the points with Arky. Hmm. Uh, all right. Now, changing it up here. God, this game. Well, I cannot believe this game is in fucking prime time on ABC. Who decided to put Florida State and Miami on TV? I, I, I think it's just a brand recognition thing. Oh, stupid. This game sucks. Uh, Florida State is laying nine on the road in the hostile environment of Miami. What what are we taking? Are we taking the points with Florida State and just yeah. leaving? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I'm taking Florida State by double digits and I'm walking home with my money. Yeah. I, I've watched four Miami games this year. No. Okay. <laughs> you know, you're, you're telling me just, they're going to stay yeah. within single digits on a, a Florida State team that, you know, went out and beat LSU, right? Beat, yeah. Beat Louisville on the road with their backup quarterback. Um, yeah, no, no, I just, I, I, I agree. I, I agree. I'm going to, I'm not touching the total because I think Florida state very well could score 40 on them. And I, I don't know what Miami's offense is capable of. It just, it depends week to week to me. Yeah. And, it's not capable of much. It doesn't sound like Tyler Van Dyke's going to play. And even if he was gonna, he hasn't been very good this year. Um, yeah. You know, Florida state's averaging like seven yards a play. <sighs> like they're sneaky. Excellent. On offense, yeah. they have three good running backs. They have three good receivers. Jordan Travis is playing really well. I, I was honestly, I was surprised to see it. You know, nine, nine and a half, depending on where you look. Yeah, uh, there's there's still some nines out there. If you can, boy, if you can get it at nine, I I wouldn't delay too much. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I'm with you. I would take uh, FSU in the points there. Miami sucks. Uh, okay. And then last, uh, kind of, a uh, now I know we're going to run a little long here for our listeners. Uh, it'll probably about 10 more minutes here, but we did feel like we had to touch on Brian Harson there at the opening. Did not expect that uh, news to break before we recorded this. So, uh, let's get to wake forest. Oh, God, wake forest. Can't believe what they just did to me last week. Wake forest is laying five and a half on the road at NC state here. NC state is reeling. Even after what happened to Wake, I mean, can we, is it a safe bet to think that they go on the road and beat this team by more than five and a half? Yeah, I would look for a Wake bounce back game, a conference opponent, and who's playing their backup quarterback. So 
I don't uh, I don't know about NC State offensively in terms of looking at the over ordinarily a wake game at 54 and a half. I'd be all over it, but I'll just take wake and lay the points. This is one of those. This is another one of those that I wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole. I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't trust Wake Forest after what they did to me yeah, last you, week. You scared them, scared you off. Yep. That's right. I, that just, I cannot pull the trigger on a Wake Forest and NC State game. Like I, I bet on NC State earlier in the year and they screwed me before they lost their quarterback for the year. So I just, nope, not touching it. If you're a better and you want to touch that game, good luck to you. Uh, <laughs> All right, so let's get to the last couple of good games here. The first one I want to talk about is Alabama at LSU here. BK's first shot at Bama uh, as LSU's head coach. Uh, Bama's laying 12 and a half on the road here, and I think this is closed. I think it opened at 14 and a half, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of weeks ago. It's down to 12 and a half, and the total is 58 and a half. Where are you at? I have a tough time laying that many points with a two-loss LSU team at home on Saturday night. I yeah. just, it's, I, I, I think Alabama's a better team and I think they win. But if you're going to give me that many points, I think I'll take them and, and take my chances. I'm of the same mindset here. Honestly, I don't like betting against my own team, but if 12 and a half at home for LSU, to me, that's just, I, I think it's a pretty good number. Like I could see Alabama winning this game by either 10 or 13, but I could also see it coming down to the wire. I mean, shit, it just depends, man. I, it just depends on how much of a pass rush LSU can manage because if they can get to Bryce Young and give him you know, a lot of problems and not give him a ton of time to throw, I could see this being a close game for you know most of it, you know, at least down to the last quarter. Yeah. Now, I would also kind of caveat that with, you know, if LSU comes out and they fall behind multiple scores like they have a handful of times this year, this is not going to be one of those times they come back and, and win. Yeah. Like they have yeah. to get off to a much it'll it'll look a lot more like the Tennessee game than the Auburn or the Old Miss games. Yeah, this is not one of those games where you can come out and go down 17 to nothing and come back. And then have a prayer <laughs> to win. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't I don't see that. I agree. I think they need to play sound football for four quarters in order to compete in this game. So, uh, that being said, Alabama has laid some eggs on the road, you know, maybe they go in and they don't look good, the crowd's a factor. It's an ugly game, and you know it comes down to the last play. For all I know, I, I don't, I don't have any kind of, uh, you know, foresight on what kind of game it's going to be. But based on the past, I would think it is going to go one of two ways: either Alabama will thump them, or it will come down to the last play. Yeah, I mean, typically it's a it's a much closer game than twelve and a half with these two yeah. teams in Tiger Stadium under yeah. the lights. So agree. Yeah. All right. So. Oh, and as far as the total goes at 58 and a half, I would probably take the over there. If I'm being honest, I think Alabama could definitely score 35 or 42. And I think LSU, if they can manage to keep playing the way they have on offense, at least in the second half of games, then I think they'll be able to score some points as well. Yeah, I like the over as well. I think um, Daniels maybe gives them a little bit of an element that Alabama hasn't seen a ton of this year. So yeah. Uh, I, I like the over as well, but I like LSU plus the 12 and a half more. And then I think the last game we have on the list that we haven't gotten to is Clemson at Notre Dame. Indeed, it is. So where are you at on this game? So Clemson is laying three and a half on the road at Notre Dame here. Mm -hmm. Totals 47 and a half. That to me, I just, I don't know what to make of. I would rather just take Clemson and the points here. At three and a half, I, I know it's more than a field goal, and I don't feel great about that, but, man, I just don't have any faith in Notre Dame's offense. See, I and I wouldn't have either, but they just hung 40 on a, a pretty decent Syracuse defense too. So, you know, that's a defense that gave Clemson fits for the yeah. majority of their game. So, I, you know, I haven't watched Notre Dame in like a month. Uh, mm -hmm. They got off to that rough, rough start. It appears that they have figured some stuff out offensively. Yeah. So maybe the over is a little tempting, but I, they also haven't played a defensive front like Clemson's uh, because no. there isn't one. <laughs> no, so I'm no. I'm just going to stay away from the total, and I'll I'll bank on uh, Clemson basically just having the better quarterback play and laying the three and a half. 
Yeah, because that will be interesting too. Because you know that they were off last week, and we saw uh, DJ, you get benched, and Klebnik have to come in and play, and kind of give them a little spark. So that'll be real interesting, man. I mean, the last time DJU was on the road in Notre Dame, he fucking lit them up for like four fifty yeah. through the air. So and that was a won't, probably a better Notre Dame team than we're seeing this year. I think. I, Yes, and probably also a better Clemson team, too, if I'm being honest, because that was when they still had Trevor Lawrence, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that was a few years ago. But, I mean, this is not a situation that DJU is unfamiliar with. So I do think he probably does get the start again, Yeah, and we'll just see what happens. But uh, I wouldn't touch the total. I'm with you. wouldn't shock me if it was a 17-14 to 14 final. But I I would lean more towards just – I'm going to take the points with Clemson and go that direction. So, all right. Any others that you want to fire off on? Because uh, hmm, I I thought maybe we would talk about Campbell University this weekend, but no, it did not go well. Short version is uh, they built a 28 to 10 halftime lead, and then they they came out and just got run over in the second half. Uh, And North Carolina A&T conference opponent. Um, and this was a game they kind of needed to have to, to win that conference uh, came out second half and just got run over they lost by I think 14 I don't remember but yeah uh, hopefully we uh, have a little better result this weekend so we can do a camel call next week indeed alright well in the meantime you guys can find us on twitter at south end zone pod uh, you can follow me at jason bailey 47 you can follow eric at eric mulher and you can follow our other counterpart timmy uh, at uh, se underscore Timmy Poe, and uh, we will be back with you next Wednesday or Thursday. We had to record a little bit early this week, so we'll be back with you next week to recap Week Ten and uh, get into some playoff ranking stuff because they do come out tomorrow. So until then, catch you later on. Later. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Later.